As we go to the Word of God this morning, I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians and the 15th chapter. First Corinthians and chapter number 15 as we begin in the Word. If you're observant, you'll notice the bulletin has a different text. And that is also correct. But like we've been doing the past few weeks, we're doing less expository from one passage and more topical from a number of passages. This morning, I would like to just ask straightforwardly the question of what is saving faith? We've been talking about the life of faith, and we've considered how that faith fights against fear. We've considered how that faith needs to be working itself out on an ongoing and recurring basis. We've looked to the example of David, and we've considered how that David uh, was defending the honor of his God, and his faith was strengthened in doing exactly that as he confronts Goliath. Um, We looked last week to the fact that faith uh, works against worries and fears and even weariness and uh, the feeling of being worn and weary that sometimes accompanies life in our current uh, death-bound state. Our bodies uh, do not easily continue in faithfulness. Even our bodies rebel against that theme. So what is saving faith? I'd like to be particular about asking that question. The Westminster Shorter Catechism has as its 86th question, question number 86, what is faith in Jesus Christ? And they give us the answer, faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. A good question, truly answered. But what I would like to do today is not to look at what is saving faith according to the the good and helpful observations of systematic theologians or church saints of old who have put together good catechisms, but rather I would like to look to what does the Bible give as an answer? And the reason for that is because of uh, something that we find in, for example, 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. And from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation which leads to Jesus Christ and that salvation being in him is by faith. That faith is taught how? Where does Timothy learn of such a faith? In the Holy Scriptures, in the sacred writings. In other words, 
Faith is grounded in knowledge, in truth, and we find that in the Bible. And so, uh, as we consider uh, Bible answers to this question, what is saving faith? I'll try to uh, uh, lead us in observing five ways in which faith is defined for us and uh, we can helpfully understand what saving faith is as we consider the word of God. The first being that faith is grounded in knowledge, in truth, in the scriptures. Might the Lord direct us to consider well this question of what saving faith is? Uh, Let us ask the Lord to help us in that path this morning. Lord, our minds are feeble. At times they wander, wander, and we ask that you might direct us by your word to think well about this question, what is saving faith? I pray that you would help us so that we can be strengthened in our faith, so that we can more readily and easily share our faith with others, so that others would be encouraged seeing our faith. Lord, you can do all of these things by your word as we consider what it says about saving faith. I pray for your help in my speaking and preaching. I pray for your help in all of our lives, for our listening and heeding. We pray this as we ever rely on Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We're going to be going to a number of different scripture passages, but I'm just going to invite you as I make five points in answer to the question, what is saving faith, to go to one scripture passage for each of those points. And so, uh, in Hebrews 11, uh, this is not where where we're going. I I directed you already for Corinthians 15. We'll, We'll be there in a moment. But in Hebrews 11, we're reminded that faith is grounded in knowledge, in truth, in the scriptures. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. There has to be some basis in reality, that is, knowledge and truth, to which our uh, faith is directed. If we're going to have uh, saving faith, faith that hopes rightly to be found as being rewarded by the Lord for seeking Him, it has to be because we come to Him believing that He is. And this is one of the most basic truths in all of Scripture. God is existent. God is existent as Creator. Read, read on, um, or read elsewhere there in, in Hebrews 11. God is existent as creator who intervenes in the affairs of men. This 
this understanding of some particular truth. It's not just belief that will save us. Whenever you find someone saying, I believe, you have to ask the question, you believe what? Faith is only ever rightly grounded in truth, in knowledge. When someone says they believe, says they have faith, believe what? Have faith in what? Believe truth? Believe falsehood? What knowledge is the faith based on? Now, at least... uh, good bit of what I am sharing with you um, this morning. I've been blessed and helped by a book I would encourage you to pick up and even read. It's by J. Gresham Machen, and the question is, what is faith? And as he uh, considers this question of what is faith, he goes to Romans 11 and verse 6, to show that as those who are made by God to be believing, we have to believe in God. We have to believe in Jesus. This is how um, Machen says it. The person in whom, according to the Bible, faith is particularly to be reposed are God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But, and here we come to the point which we think ought to be emphasized above all others just at the present day, it is impossible to have faith in a person without having knowledge of the person. Far from being contrasted with knowledge, faith is founded upon knowledge. That which is known when it is true, that is the basis of faith. He goes on to speak even of the benefit of creeds. And we were studying the theme of the Nicene Creed in the Sunday School Hour, so this is appropriate. He speaks of how that instead of thinking according to the path of Hebrews 11, many in our day think in a very different way. I'll quote, Entirely different is the prevailing attitude in the modern church. Far from recognizing, as the author of Hebrews does, the intellectual basis of faith, many modern preachers set faith in sharp opposition to knowledge. Christian faith, they say, is not assent to a creed, but it is confidence in a person. The epistle to the Hebrews, on the other hand, declares that it is impossible to have confidence in a person without assenting to a creed. He that comes to God must believe that he is. The words God is or God exists constitute a creed. They constitute a proposition, and yet they are here placed as necessary to that supposedly non-intellectual thing that is called faith. And here I would compel us to follow exactly as the Word of God instructs us in Hebrews 11, and exactly as Machen reminds us here, that faith is not anti-intellectual. Faith is grounded in knowledge, in truth, in the scriptures, which present that saving knowledge and truth. Alethe and Isaiah 
uh, have the privilege right now of attending Northwestern University. And one of Aletheia's teachers uh, summarized some of Machen's teaching, and he summarized it this way. The faith that saves is always founded upon a kind of dogmatism, for it is always quote, founded upon knowledge, end quote, of the one in whom God's saving work is finally and decisively made manifested, uh, made manifest, namely Jesus. Faith that saves is always uh, founded upon some kind of dogmatism, some creed, some belief. The question is not, do we believe? For everyone believes. The question is not, do we believe? But the question is, on what basis do we believe? What is it that we believe? And firstly, as we consider what saving faith is, we need to remember that such a saving faith is faith that's grounded in knowledge, in truth, in Scripture. And thus, I think the best text of Scripture which puts this forward forth us for us is First Corinthians in chapter fifteen. You're already there. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, even beginning in that very first verse. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. That's the language of faith, believing. Unless you have faith in vain, this is the gospel I preached to you. Verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some had fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles. Here, Paul is presenting to us what he preached. And so if you asked the Corinthians, what do you believe? They would have been able to say, we believe this body of knowledge. We believe this body of truth. That truth and that knowledge which Paul had preached to us. You see that exact language in verse 1 and 2. The gospel which I preached to you. Verse 2, the word which I preached to you. That is what you have believed, unless you've believed in vain. <clears throat> Furthermore, the fact that there is uh, that faith is grounded in knowledge and truth is pointed out by the language of that scripture, which is the ground of what uh, Paul preached. Paul preached that Christ died for our sins, verse 3, according to the scriptures. Verse 4, Paul preached that he was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. Faith is grounded in knowledge and in truth. Where can we find that always 
true knowledge in the scriptures. If we're asking the question, what is saving faith? We have to at least answer that it needs to be a Bible-based answer, a faith that's grounded in knowledge, in truth, in Scripture. Secondly, as we consider what saving faith is, we have to recognize that faith is for our salvation from sin. Faith is for our salvation from sin. Now, uh, Jonathan Edwards put it in blunt and clear language when he said concerning salvation and uh, that which we have to do with it, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Faith, why do we need saving faith? We need saving faith because we are sinners. We need saving faith because we have a sin nature which we need to be saved from. We need saving faith because we have ourselves chosen to go down the path of rebellion to God. Acts against what he has directed and instructed. Romans 5 speaks to this reality that faith is for our salvation from sin when even in that first verse it says, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it that we need peace with God? Well, Romans 1 through 4 point out to us the reason. We need peace because we are sinners. Or, and here I ask you to turn, Romans 5, picking it up in verse 8. Romans 5, and the 8th verse. God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is unheard of that someone would die for a wicked man, for a person who's not trustworthy, not by definition worth dying for. It's unheard of. And yet, Christ died for us while we were sinners. Verse 9, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. Why did Christ need to die for us? Because we need to be saved from sin's consequences. The wrath of God. And the only way that we can be saved from the wrath of God, from hell and eternal punishment in the lake of fire, the only way that we can do that is through Him. To quote the last two words of verse 9. We are saved by faith. Why does that salvation by faith 
why is it even necessary? Because we are sinners. Sometimes we look to God in faith, but not to deal with what is important. Sometimes we look to God trusting Him, maybe even hoping in Him, maybe even praying to Him, but not because of sin. Here again is Machen. I would summarize what he says here by saying, Beware of the kind of faith that looks to God and who we are, not for who He is, but for what we can get out of Him. Machen says it very well in his book, What is Faith? Quote, We are subject to many pressing needs, and we are too much inclined to value God not for His own sake, but only because He can satisfy our needs. There is the need of food and clothing for ourselves and for our loved ones, and we value God because He can answer the petition, Give us this day our daily bread. There is the need of companionship. We shrink from loneliness. We would be surrounded by those who love us and those whom we can love. And we value God as one who can satisfy that need by giving us family and friends. There is a need of inspiring labor. We would be delivered from an aimless life. We desire opportunities for noble and unselfish service for of our fellow men. And we value God as one who by His ordering of our lives can set before us an open door. These are lofty desires. But there is one desire that is loftier still. It is desire for God Himself. That desire too often we forget. We value God solely for the things that He can do. We make of Him a mere means to an ulterior end. Brothers and sisters, we need faith that saves us from sin so that we can eternally have a relationship with God because He is worthy of a relationship. Not the things we can get from Him in such a relationship. But He Himself is worthy. If we have regarded religion, quoting again, merely as a means of getting things, even lofty and unselfish things, then when the things that have been gotten are destroyed, our faith will fail. Trust in God for that which can never be destroyed. Salvation from your sin. My salvation from my sin. Saving faith understands that sin is the backdrop. And we could look to uh, as well to Acts 26 and verse 18 where we read to open their eyes so that they might may turn. So this is um, this is God giving instruction to Paul on what he's going to use him to do in his ministry to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light 
and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. We need to be delivered from the dominion of Satan. We're sinners. We need to have the forgiveness of sins. We're sinners. We need God's sanctifying power. We're sinners. That can only happen by faith. Which is the third point that I would make in answer to this question, what is saving faith? Thirdly, faith is the only way we can be saved. Faith is the only way we can be saved. More succinctly, faith alone saves. Sometimes people want to try to earn salvation, try to deserve salvation, and that is never the path to faith. Never the path that leads to salvation if that path begins with our works, our deeds, even uh, Titus 3, uh, 5, deeds of done in righteousness. Faith is not caused by good works, even though faith that justifies will show works as their fruit. Fruit alone, faith alone, sorry, faith alone is the proximate cause of our justification. The, the way in which we go you know, we, we attain to justification by faith, the means that God uses to bring about our justification. I invite you to turn to a passage you know well, but uh, let us turn nonetheless, Ephesians 2, beginning in that eighth verse. While you're turning, I'll make mention of Romans 3 and verse 28. For we maintain, Paul says, that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. It is not by works of the law that we are saved. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 makes this point uh, so explicitly clear. Faith alone saves. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no, no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Good works are not the ground of our salvation. They don't precede the faith that saves. They follow from the faith that saves. In this Instance, getting before the cart before the horse is eternally dangerous. In fact, I would encourage us to think that exactly what the Roman Catholic doctrine proposes is exactly false, exactly wrong. Here is what Catholic doctrine says. If anyone saith that the justice received is not preserved and also increased before God through good works, but that the said works are merely the fruits and signs of justification obtained, but not a cause, a cause of the increase thereof, let him be anathema. The Council of Trent condemns as 
worthy of being handed over to destruction. Those who say what I just said. Faith is not caused by good works, even though the faith that justifies will show works as their fruit. And the Roman Catholic Church has dogmatized this truth that good works are a means to faith. Good works are a part of salvation. I shouldn't have said a means of faith. means of salvation is what I meant to say. Good works. What do we contribute? I, I love Jonathan Edwards here, the quote that I said already, because it's so clear. We contribute our sinfulness. That's what we contribute to our salvation. Fourthly, what is saving faith? It is faith in a person, faith in Jesus. Saving faith is a belief in a particular, a particular knowledge and truth, a particular doctrine. But it is not, because of being faith in a particular doctrine, it is not uh, also something that's not faith in Jesus. It is faith in Jesus. Um, one of the uh, students who was at Maranatha, close to my uh, time there, uh, wrote a book about um, the faith of Christ, faith in Christ. And uh, in an interview related to that book, he says, faith is a kind of proximate cause because it rests on the more ultimate cause of the death and resurrection of Christ. God sent his son to die for our sins and to be raised from the dead for our justification. It is right to speak of faith as a cause in salvation, but it rests in a, the more ultimate cause of the death and resurrection of Christ in us. Faith itself Faith, mere faith, will not save. It's faith in Jesus that will save. Faith in faith is not saving. Faith in Jesus is saving. In in the scriptures, you see that faith is directed to Christ again and again and again. Um, I went and I I searched the the language faith in, that, that phrase, faith in. 25 times in the New Testament, you have that language, faith in. A very few times, you have something other than Jesus as the goal of faith. Faith in uh, the scriptures. A noble faith, a good faith, a faith that the, the scriptures themselves teach. Or faith in the gospel. But the vast majority of those 25 times, do you know who the object of the faith is? Faith in Jesus, Jesus who is the Messiah, Jesus who is the Son of God. So, for example, I'll, I'll ask you in a moment to turn to Romans 10, but <clears throat> Galatians 2, we're justified by faith in Christ. Justified by faith in Christ. That's the language of, of Galatians 2, verse 16. Galatians 3, and verse 26 uh, says similarly, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Whether Jew or Gentile, 
It's faith that's directed to, faith that's resting in Christ that saves us. What is it that the scriptures teach that Paul preached as the gospel? And here I invite you, uh, Romans 10. Romans 10 and that ninth verse and following. Paul is desiring that the righteousness that would save, the righteousness that's based on faith would be known. And so what does he teach? What does he preach? Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Our faith looks to a person. Our faith looks to the true God. Our faith looks to the one who is our Savior, Jesus Christ, his Son. John repeatedly makes these truths clear. In fact, he says that this is a part of the reason why he wrote his gospel. John 20 and verse 31. These things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Here is our hope. Faith that is directed to and toward and based on and resting in Jesus. There is a faith that doesn't save. Jesus speaks about this, John 2. James speaks about this, James 2. James 2. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Uh, it's, it's an interesting word there. It's the only time that it's used in the New Testament, that word shudder. It's, it's not the same as the word uh, tremble. Um, it's, it's a probably to be understood as more, uh, more uh, 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 trembling and fear, uh, more gripping in, in terms of the fear. Um, the demons believe... Everyone believes, but on whom do you believe? Do you trust in yourself? You're a sinner. You do not even begin to know all that you need to know to live life as God wants us to live it, to be saved from sin. We need to have faith that it's in a person, in the one true God, in Jesus Christ, his son. Last answer to that question, what is saving faith? Faith is a gift of God for us. Faith is a gift of God for us. We already uh, were in, I'll ask you to turn uh, back in uh, the book of Romans to Romans 3. 
We were already in Ephesians, and this is the typical place to go to show that uh, faith is a gift. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is n- that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Uh, but you do have the question, well, is is it salvation that's the gift of God? Is it the grace that's the gift of God? Or is it faith that's the gift of God? And I'll just give you my answer. My answer is yes. <laughs> in other words, you could change the question... Is faith and grace and salvation a gift of God? And my answer is, I think that Ephesians 2 is teaching yes is the correct answer to that question. Uh, And between salvation and faith and grace. Uh, All of them are gifts from God. But uh, let me approach this question in a different way. Uh, Consider the fact that every good gift And every perfect gift is from above. And I would argue that all the foundational realities in salvation are good gifts of God. Now it's very clear uh, to me that they're good, and it's very clear in the scriptures that they're a gift. So for example, Romans 3. Romans 3. And we'll go to uh, verse 24. uh, Let's, but let's pick it up in verse uh, 21. So uh, Paul is talking about uh, the sinfulness of man and how that we deserve the judgment that comes because of sin and we can't uh, be justified in our own path. Uh, we can't even be justified by works of the law by keeping the Old Testament law. So verse 21, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. What faith are we talking about? The faith that's directed to Christ Jesus. For all those who believe, for there is no distinction, distinction between uh, Jew and Gentile. Verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We deserve the judgment of God because we fall short of His glory. We are sinners and have sinned. Verse 24, Being justified as a gift by His grace. It is God's grace that brings us the the, the salvation by justification. Through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. Here is something good. God gives us justification. He gives us that good gift of justification through Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ. Is this a good gift from God? Yes. And hence, I would conclude that faith is a good gift from God. When we look to the gift of God in salvation, justification, eternal life, the sending of His Son, All of those good gifts are gifts from God. Faith ought to be included among them. Faith is a gift of God 
for us. And I like to conclude by doing two things. One, underscoring the for us. We are those who do believe something. Everyone believes something. Is that belief grounded in the truth and in Scripture? Is that belief a belief that understands that you and I are sinners? Is that belief a belief that understands that it's only by faith and by faith in Jesus that we can be saved? If that belief is yours, then you can have great hope because God has given this gift to us, those who believe. And along with the scriptures, I would rejoicingly say, if God before us, who can be against us? What a hope. If God has given us such a great salvation, such a generous faith, can we not but rejoice? Here is the gift that God has given for you. Not just His Son, but faith to believe in His Son and to trust in His Son. Are you trusting in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? The second thing I'll do as we conclude is go back to that catechism where we started. The question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, what is faith in Jesus Christ? The bare asking of that question, the mere asking of that question implies that there's some right answer to that question. That there's some truth that could be known to give an answer to that question. In other words, this catechism question is a good catechism question because it, it, it stands in, in view of the fact that faith is grounded on knowledge, on truth, on the scripture. And so going to the scriptures, they get an answer for this question. What is faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ? Answer, faith in Jesus Christ. Point number four. Who is our faith directed in? Directed toward? Jesus. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace. We need to be saved. Point number two, salvation by sin, from sin. That's, that's what our faith has as its background. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon Him alone. Point number three, faith alone. For salvation, as He is offered to us in the gospel, as He is offered to us. Faith as a gift. Might we trust that our good God has done good things for us 
in answering according to the scriptures, in the scriptures, this question, what is saving faith? And I would encourage you to think that this is a Bible answer. This is a scripture-based answer. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. Let us bow. Lord, my heart is heavy to be clear in calling any here who have not trusted in Christ for salvation from their sins and trusting not in themselves, but by faith alone looking to Christ. Lord, if anyone is here who hasn't trusted Jesus, I pray that even today they would have the forgiveness of sin that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, for those of us who know this faith and trust in our Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen that faith, make us clear in proclaiming that faith, and help us to be an encouragement to others as they see that faith growing and faithful in us. We have faith that you will do these things according to your perfect will, even as we have prayed them. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.